You're listening to the Oiled Up Podcast, and I'm your host, Armando Cava. Now, this is going to be a spicier episode, so be warned from here on out. I hope you're not listening to this on Bluetooth speakers at work, or you have it accidentally connected to your car with other people there, because we're going to be talking about kinks, fetishes, fetishes, fuck, I cannot speak my own native language, fetishes, fetishes, there we go, good boy, I can speak, wow, anyways, so yeah, it's going to be a spicier episode, and right from the beginning, I just want to say thank you to all my sex positive friends, and all the people who do post content regarding sex education, pleasure, all that, because it's helped me round out what I enjoy and be more accepting of myself, be a better partner, allow me to communicate these things properly, and really just sit down and just acknowledge everything that's going on. Because once upon a time, it wasn't like that. I know it's only episode three, and I know I sound kind of like, back in my day, back in my day, we used to, back in my day, back in my day. Well, you know, back in my day. Well, back in the day, honestly, it I, it wasn't like this. And I think also this definitely has a lot to do with how, you know, boys grow up and what we're conditioned to believe when it comes to pleasure and just sex itself. Because I, you would have talked to me about, like, what's your kink? What are you into? I think I would have just said, like, yeah, putting my dick inside the vagina. That's what I'm about. Am I sex positive? Yep, positively love sex. <laughs> like that would have been the extent of the conversation. And it doesn't go further. It doesn't go further than that. And that kind of fucking sucks. Because I know everyone out there has their things they're into. And being a guy, you don't really talk about it that much. You only talk about, you know, did you have sex? Yes or no. And I remember that, you know, with, you know, my guy friends, when you go on dates, like all that was asked was, so did you fuck? Did you guys fuck? Did you fuck her? And language plays a huge part in it because, you know, just saying, did you fuck her basically means, oh, did you use that person for your own pleasure as opposed to even just saying like, did you guys have sex? Which is, you know, it sounds very trivial what I'm picking out right now. But there's a big difference in that language. And if you're someone who's sitting here trying to think like, well, how do you deconstruct all this shit? Consider this that like little thread that you can tug on to unravel everything. Just the language part. So anyways, back to, you know, the little throwback Thursday flashback that I'm going to be ranting about. Um, yeah, I, I remember with guys, and even I've heard some guys now, like it's just constantly about going on a date in order to get laid as opposed to actually meeting someone, finding out if you are into them, if there's an attraction, are they cool or not for you? You know, do your interests match up? You know, that that that's important. That's kind of the point of the fucking date as opposed to, you know, just trying to go there and saying what you need to say to get laid. And back in the day, I used to do the latter. I used to just think a date was just a way like, okay, Date means we're going to have sex. That's it. I just had that assumption in my head. Fucking king, dumbass, egotistical of just like, yep, if this person asks me to go on a date, it means they want the dick rather than like, no, maybe they're just going on the date with me because, hey, there's some interest and you just naturally want to get to know someone better. That's fucking, that's fucking normal. 
Now, when it comes to kinks and fetishes and all that, see, I said it right there. I didn't fuck up the pronunciation. There you go. See, I went. I went to private school. I, I have. I have considered a high education, and I can say words. But coming to, uh, you know, my education, we had a shit sex education. It was not pleasure based at all. It was very heteronormative, and I went to one of like you know the top all boys schools, which was like fucking. That was a huge privilege and put me ahead of a lot of people when it came to later on in life uh, regarding uh, when I would apply to CJEP and university. But fuck me, did we learn jack shit. Like, all we had was just like, okay, don't get people pregnant. Use a condom or she will be on the pill. And if you're too scared to get someone pregnant, guess what? Abstinence. That was it. That was literally it. Being a teenager, uh, I think my only goal at that time, you know, as soon as I discovered how to masturbate was like, oh man, wouldn't it be so cool to have sex? Just gotta have sex. That's like the goal, right? Gotta have sex. Gotta get laid. And I did get laid. I did have a long-term relationship. We both, you know, had our sexual debuts together. And everything was great. It was very, I guess you would describe it as being very vanilla, but also... There wasn't a moment or for both of us where we understood that it can go beyond that or that it was normal to have this conversation of like, hey, what are you into? What do you like? Is there something you would like to try? It wasn't part of our vocabulary and knowledge, you know, looking at social media now and how this is becoming more of a regular talk, which is great. You know, fast forward to like right before like, you know, 2010 this was not a conversation, and I think a lot of the time, you know, being a guy, we never spoke about what we were into. It was always speaking about the other person's appearance and saying what you like specifically about them that you found hot. So it was just like, oh, man, got great boobies, got great butts. Like, I, I love butts. I'm not a boob person. I've said this before. Boobs don't, don't do it for me. I could admire nice boobs. You know, nice boobs comes in all shapes and forms. But I don't know, maybe because I wasn't breastfed as a kid. I don't have this like thing in my brain that when I see boobs that it just like makes me do that kind of like cartoon like like kind of thing, you know, where your like tongue rolls out and all that. But butts, I like big butts and I cannot lie. So back to this moment, we never really expanded or like explored more, I would say. And it's not because we were, I guess... I'm trying to find the best way to phrase this. It's We didn't explore or expand on anything because, once again, it wasn't a topic that we knew about. And also, when it came to doing something that was outside, just, you know, P&V, regular vanilla sex, it kind of felt like it had to be on a special occasion. Or like, you know, there was no chit-chat about it of like, do we make this a regular part of our practice? I love how I said practice, like, uh, for a moment there, I was like, we're opening up a law firm together, but, yeah, we just didn't, we didn't talk about it, and I remember near the end of our relationship, there was a moment I wanted to kind of explore a little bit more, and I was scared, I was terrified to bring that up, and I think also bringing that up to her, she didn't know how to react, because, once again, we didn't know we were fucking young we didn't know what the fuck this was we didn't know what the proper like terminology was for anything or what it meant if someone wanted to do something else i think 
part of it also meant like, oh, it means you're bored or that like it's not enough, which is not true. It's that, you know, if someone wants to try something with you, I think it it's a sign that, hey, I trust you, I'm comfortable with you, and I'd like to, you know, try this new experience with you and see how it goes. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work. But at least, you know, the the chat is there. But yeah, I felt that I was, you know, different and out of place in a very negative sense for wanting to try something else. And part of that I do remember, you know, there is a link to it of like, you know, growing up and, you know, seeing like, you know, being a bunch of boys and, you know, making fun of anyone who has anything that's different from what's considered to be mainstream. Like, I completely understand why a lot of my ex-classmates ended up coming out after high school, you know, myself included. You know, I don't identify as straight. I used to say uh, bi, but I think I'm more queer than anything else. I still can't figure out a label on it. And it's just perpetually evolving, which is a great thing. But anyways, I think, yeah, you know, this whole idea of how we approach pleasure, especially from a guy's point of view, and how we treat dates, I, I just wish... I knew what I knew now back then. I think it would have made a lot of things easier. Uh, I'm not speaking about it, you know, with regrets. I have nothing against any of my partners at all. There's no blame at all. We just, a lot of times, we just didn't know what the fuck was going on. We didn't know that this was like an actual conversation. We never really saw it in movies or TV. It was very, you know, cookie cutter, just fucking like, you're a man, I'm a girl. Let's do it. And that's it. That That's fucking it. Back when I was a young boy slut. Yeah, I said the word boy slut. I was a boy slut back in the day. You know, after breaking up and just kind of being introduced to hookup culture. Uh, it was a lot. I was very focused on more quantity than quality. And there were moments where I can say that I didn't understand my own comfort level. And, you know, once again, being a guy, we're not conditioned to talk about being vulnerable, you know, to have this discussion with your friends to say, how do I help this, you know, this feeling of anxiety of like meeting a new person where I don't know much about them and how to say, you know, like I, I'm not fully comfortable or maybe I need a bit more time. It wasn't a conversation you'd really hear coming from the side of a guy. And I want that to be something that's normal now. I hope you know, the guys listening, you you know that now because I made the mistakes of times of using a crutch and that crutch was alcohol. I remember showing up to some dates where I had to have something to drink beforehand to calm my nerves down as opposed to having a fucking conversation. And it was to a point where I think the most I drank by myself before going on a date was a bottle of wine and like, it's not cool. That's not cool at all. That's not fair to the person you're going to meet. Because you're not coherent. You're not listening to what they have to say. They're trying to get to know you and you're sitting there fucking blitzed. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the lights are on but no one's home. And also the the mindset of that the purpose of this date is specifically and solely to get laid. That's a problem. That was a very bad attitude to have. I had it. I fucking grew out of it finally understanding that hey you can talk with someone you can it's okay to not be sure it's also okay you know you don't have to have sex on the first date that's fine you know you decide you have that chat with your fucking person that you're with and if they respect you they'll understand they'll be like yeah sure no fucking problem man 
but yeah, I did use alcohol as a crutch as opposed to just being honest and being vulnerable with the person that I was with. And like I said, I'm going to keep reiterating it. I have zero blame on these people whatsoever. Whatsoever. Just didn't know this was something that was going on with me. And it wasn't fair. It, it, it wasn't fair. Despite being in therapy at the time, I don't know why I didn't bring it up with my therapist. I, I don't know why. I really like, the more I try to kind of pace back in my mind being like, why did I not think this was an issue? I would talk about other issues, you know, because I grew up, you know, with a, um, I came from a broken home. So it was a lot of working through that. So I guess these types of issues that were happening in like my present day life didn't seem as important to chat about when in fact I could have chat about it, you know, I could have, but I didn't. I think this comes back to, you know, that whole idea of like, this is something like men shouldn't feel vulnerable about. Like you got to go out there, get laid, get ass. That's what we got to do. That's what this is all about. Hell yeah, brother. Let's shotgun a fucking beer. And it's not, it's not a sustainable lifestyle. Uh, it's not sustainable at all. I smartened up afterwards finally, because it's, you know, fuck man. Like if you're with someone and this has happened with me where we were both every time we hung out, you know, before we have sex and before we just in general, even if there was no sex involved, we were fucking not sober. Like we were either just smoking joints. We were just chugging down booze all the time. It only lasted like two weeks, but I think it kind of just fell out silently. Like we, we knew we're just kind of like, this is, this isn't healthy. Like what we're doing right now. Like we look at us, like, even though we're in like our early twenties, we're not speaking like adults. We're just sitting here like, cool. You want to hang out at night? Fine. Like, do we have to smoke like fucking five joints right now? Not necessarily. And <clears throat> when you notice it, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Moving to more of like the positive change that happened to me, I would say it happened probably with like my third long lasting relationship. That was the first time I felt I could actually talk. I think there was a lot of growing up to do along the way for sure. I wasn't perfect. Wasn't perfect at all. Still had to work out a lot of shit, but at least this was the time where I was with a partner where we both could talk about what we were into and not just sit there and be like oh I don't get it that's fucking weird like you're a fucking weirdo for being into that like actually sit there hear something and say oh that's interesting like when were you into that like what is it about this action that turns you on and I remember that sense of liberation of being able to say like yeah I would always you know I would say like yeah, I'm kind of into wanting to explore, you know, anal play with myself, you know, like I would love, you know, let's, let's try a finger, like, let's try this. And she was very game for it. Being like, Oh, I'd always love to try Like, let's get some lube. Let's, you know, like figure it out. I remember also, this was like the first relationship where we'd actually like send each other porn. Like we'd actually say like, Hey, I've been watching this, like this kind of turns me on. What do you think? And she sent me things too, being like, what do you think about this? And granted the things that she would send to me, we're more in the realm of, I guess, like BDSM, a bit more of like humiliation kink and such. And I remember being a bit taken back, but I also remember like, okay, if this person is sending this to me and they find it attractive, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, go into full fucking judgmental mode. They're trusting me. I can ask questions the same way they can ask me questions. So 
let me ask questions. And we kind of, you know, had this beautiful harmony that formed between us. I remember that was the first partner that we really went to a sex shop together and just like ran around like it was one of those fucking like shopping scenes in a movie like, yay, like buying all sorts of crazy shit for the house. And it was fun. It was lots of fun. And I remember feeling very safe, very comfortable in talking about this and even like texting about it. I knew it wouldn't be, you know, I knew the message I would send would not be met with this very, you know, a stern coldness or like having a look or a response of like, that's fucking weird, Armando. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that's weird when, you know, I would be talking about like, yeah, I'd like to be pegged. That'd be cool to try out. And we did do it. It was great. And fellas, consider this your public service announcement. Put things in your butt. You know, getting pegged is all right. You know, makes you a better penetrator. Okay? That's how the shit works. Trust me. Trust me. Don't knock it till you try it. All right? But yeah, since since that relationship, I think it's become such a normal practice for me to talk with my partners, to say like, well, what are you into? You know, what am I into? What are my boundaries? What are your boundaries? Like, you know, if do we do, we, do you want to try one certain thing? Like, I remember one time someone asked me to do, uh, uh, <laughs> someone asked for a golden shower and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Cause my first thought was like, babe, like if we do a golden shower, like we got to change the sheets. We got to fucking like, like, replace the mattress, like, and she looked at me, she was just like, no, Armando, you do it in the fucking bathtub, you fucker, there's a drain, I was like, oh, wasn't into it at the end of the day, not my thing, so I'm sorry for all the, all the golden, golden baddies out there, if that was something you imagined with me, uh, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not my thing, but hey, good on you, that you want to do it, you know, fucking keep, keep doing your thing, when it comes to guys, and you know, they're, you know, their kinks and all that. I think there's, it's it's always hidden behind humor. And also, I think when it does come out, it tends to come out in a way that seems to be weaponized. Or that if it does, you know, make its way into like mainstream news of some sort, particularly, you know, pop culture, I think it's done in bad, I don't want to say bad taste, but it does put a bit of stigma on it. Like example, what comes to my mind right now was the Met Gala with the whole Cara Delevingne wearing that outfit that said Peg the Patriarchy. And I get what you're trying to say. I completely get it. The patriarchy sucks. I get it. I get it 100%. But saying Peg the Patriarchy, it kind of, for me, as someone who does enjoy that, felt like, well, I don't feel like lesser than that I'm into something like that. And also in my practice... When I've done it, it's not necessarily this pure, like, femdom thing, but, like, I don't know. I feel like that word could have been changed, you know, just like, fuck the patriarchy or, you know, whatever. To look at, you know, peg the patriarchy is specifically a thing of, like, submission only when it could be something that's very beautiful and sensual. And I, you know, I feel for some of the guys who may have been curious about it. When if they saw this being like, oh, well, that means it's a bad thing or it makes me weak, where it doesn't make you weak. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't make you weak. Knowing what you're into and that you're able to communicate it does not make you weak. It does not make you gay for, you know, doing anal play for fuck's sake. Like, it's your own thing. 
I remember having a conversation with someone saying like, well, if I got pegged, like the, the dildo can't look like a real dick because if it have veins and that's too gay for me, it's like if we're having this conversation of how a toy is manufactured and looks is impacting your insecurity on your sexuality, like we got to sit down, we got to chat about shit, you know, we got to work some stuff out because like, come on. Like, your sexuality is your sexuality at the end of the day. Your your sexual practices are yours with your partner. You guys define it any way you want. It's really up to you. I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place with this episode because I get kind of flashes of things that I want to talk about. And this is definitely, you know, the idea of men talking about their own pleasure. There's There's a lot of things that kind of block it. And also, one thing that I've noticed that is not an obstacle, but is very a clear commentary on things uh, regarding, you know, how specifically, you know, cis men see sex and especially their own pleasure and what gives them pleasure is what happens in sex shops. Because I've seen the toys, okay? Like, let's say I go to a big one over here I've gone into with friends. It's called Sexodrome. It's like fucking four stories. And it's fucking huge. It's got all the lights and neons and like, yay, nipple tassels. Wonderful. You go in there, and I find that the toys, especially even the toys that I see like my friends get sponsored by, you see them as these tools to enhance your own pleasure. They seem designed in a way that's very, you know, it could be very sleek, it could be very abstract, but it's also done in a way that it doesn't always have to be this, like, super hyper-realistic, you know, like, fucking, like, artificial cum shooting fucking dick with, like, all real pulsating veins and, like, balls that have, like, silicone little weights in them, so it feels like it's not limited to that, where it ends up being a tool for pleasure that can be, that leaves room for the imagination at the end of the day. That's what I've noticed. Because then when you look at the guy toys, especially in this shop, it's always these hyper-realistic pussies. That's, That's basically how I can describe it. It's... It's always like this, like either very ab, like full body sculpted, like you know, one hundred percent like silicone realistic ass with Bluetooth enabled labias. Like what the fuck is going on? It's always like the Turbo Sucker three thousand and like made with like real pubes from like squirrels. Like what is going on? And it's just very. I don't want to use the word vulgar, but using the word that it's very. Direct. It's very like in your face, like this is it. Like you want to fuck a pussy, it's going to be this pussy. And even like with like fleshlights and all that, it's cool that they have more like the, you know, the abstract stuff and you can focus on like the interior. But even so, afterwards, like, do you want to have sex with your favorite porn star? Because that's why you got to jerk off. So you got this person's pussy, that person's pussy. We got all types of pussy. Pussy, 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 pussy. And, you know, there, there's just a moment where you're just kind of like, well, maybe I want something a bit more. Not just shaped like a vulva. It'd be cool to have. And there are. I've seen like one in the whole fucking store. Which was a stroker. Which is interesting. Which I find is nice. Because it leaves room to the imagination. And this kind of circles back to the idea. And what I brought up of like men. And the idea of pleasure. words And sex. Just the idea of sex. Where it's just P and V. P and V. Where it could be more than that. You can imagine a different type of scenario. For your own pleasure. You know. Use your imagination. You know, it's fun. It could be something, you know, like it could be if it's, you know, fanfic, if it's like a different type of erotica, you have something that is supposed to be a tool for your own story and not just define your own story. That's basically what I want to 
want to say it because also those toys, man, holy shit, are they expensive. I've looked at the price tags on those things. Also, where do you put it? Where the fuck do you put it? And some of them, it's just like, yeah, like this full body sex doll is also, you can throw it in the dishwasher if you want. Like what? Like, (laughs) it's got like a cum retainer. It could take a good three gallons of fucking man custard. And don't worry, you can keep using it before you can clean it and throw it in the dishwasher. Use a fucking pot in there like, oh, fuck me, man. Fuck me. And the same is said when it comes to my artwork. Um, I've noticed that when I do my paintings, which are very, for those of you who are listening to this who have not seen my art, uh, when it comes to the erotic ones, they're very, they're small, but they're very much these like cropped moments. There's these cropped moments of like uh, a scene, a specific body part. And I've noticed that a lot of heterosexual men in specific always write to me saying like, oh, dude, it'd be so cool if like you did like a whole portrait and painting of the entire scene. And it's always them that com- that comment this. I've never had this comment from anyone who's not straight and not a cis man. Like, it's really, it's interesting to think about of like, okay, so you need the whole scene and every detail to be illustrated for you as opposed to, you know, looking at the work and kind of having your own moment and imprinting whatever it is. Maybe it's a flashback you have. Maybe it's something you want to try. Maybe it reminds you of a certain partner. Who knows? But like, it could be your story, but like, it seems to be, lacking and i wish it wasn't i really wish there was some sort of i don't know if the right word should be a pleasure revolution for men for their own exploration of themselves and coming to terms with what they're into and accepting what they're into and exploring that and having fun with it and talking to the partners about it because like come on like it's not just you know don't limit yourself to just p and v or like i mean limit yourself in the sense where like that's the only idea you have of what sex should be. It could be so much more. It could be so much more. It could be a lot of fun. Don't fucking... Don't cut yourself short. Don't cut your pleasure short, fellas. I said that I learned a lot from sex educators and sex influencers and all that, but I did learn a lot when it came to the idea of dating and pleasure and such like that. In terms of, like, forming intimate relationships, I learned a lot while I was in art school because, guess what? No surprise here... I was not surrounded by men. I was moved from, you know, it was a very polarizing change. I've mentioned this in times where I've spoken about my upbringing of going from an all-boy, you know, testosterone fiesta of a fucking high school to going to the real world in art school, which was mostly women, women, women students. Like, I remember being the minority there. Like, seeing a guy was like, a rare thing. And I remember just listening to how people would speak, especially after dates. And even like, I was kind of shocked the first time I got asked questions after I went on a date. Cause like I said before, like it just back in the day, just be like, Oh, did you guys fuck? Did you get lucky? Did you like do this? Whereas I was be, I remember being asked for someone on a date by someone saying, Oh, where did you go? How was it? How was the food there? Oh, cool. Like, what did you wear? Oh, nice. What did you guys talk about? What are they into? Like, you know, what are they doing with their life? Are they a student also? Okay, cool. Awesome. Like, did you go somewhere after that? Did you guys go for drinks? Like, what was something that you found that clicked really well 
during that, like all these questions that I've never been fucking asked before. And I remember sitting there answering these questions sincerely, but there was a part of me being like, what the actual fuck? And guess what? It's normal. You should be asking yourself these questions. And now I make it a point to ask these questions to all my guy friends when they go on dates. And it's really nice. It's really refreshing comparing the past to the present of now where I have some of my guy friends. When they get ready for dates, I like asking. Being like, okay, where are you going? Like, what are you planning on wearing? Ooh, I think she's wearing this shirt because, like, it brings out your shoulders. You have really nice shoulders. I think that's cool. But anyways, it should be about, like, what are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about this? Are you going to tell me you're going to be doing this in the future? da 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 It shouldn't just be like, yeah, dude, you got fucking, like, rev up. Make sure you bring, like, five condoms with you and go all night fucking long. Like, no. No. <laughs> I spoke about pegging, which is not a big surprise to people who are familiar with my lore on the podcast world. But I'm also into now, I could say, you know, I'm in a relationship that is non-monogamous. And I can tell you, I when I go on dates, and even with my partner, I'm into more... I It sounds... I know this is going to sound... Okay, the start of this is going to sound like a fucking cop-out. It's not a cop-out. I'm into... <laughs> I'm like a golden retriever, man. I'm into what you're into. I really am focused on your pleasure, but not at a point of sacrificing my own where I feel like I'm giving up something. I'm just really excited that you're communicating what you're into. We can communicate, and I want to try doing what you're into because I want you to have fun. This is not just a fucking one-way street here when it comes to pleasure. But I can tell you I'm also into makeouts. That is something I am a sucker for a good fucking makeout, even if it just ends at a makeout, holy shit, that shit is hot, man, especially when it's one of those makeouts where, like, I'm not sure if, like, the public space has a role in it, but definitely a makeout where it's kind of, like, you and your partner have, like, you felt a bit of a restraint earlier before you guys embraced that kind of makeout, you know, where you're, like, almost getting, like, high off each other from just continuously fucking kissing. That, to me, is the fucking bee's knees right there. I'm also a sucker for texting. I love, uh, texting, sorry, sexting. I really love sexting. I like typing things out. I love hearing things. I love reading them. Uh, getting a cheeky pick when I shouldn't be, like, or I'm, like, not at home. Like, if I'm out and I start getting a cheeky message, that is hot to me. I really love that. I'm just... That's one thing I enjoy technology for, just sending nice little sex and all that. Uh, I've even done things with partners where it's like we kind of challenge each other when we're when we're out, being like, okay, if you're out at dinner, I'm out at dinner. Uh, at this time, I want you to go into the bathroom and take like a fucking nude for me, or do something like cheeky like that, and like doing this either like when we're out at opposite ends of the world or in the same town, even at the same table. At I'm into. I love that kind of play. That, to me, fucking, mm-mm, mm-mm, And yeah, butts. I'm always a butt guy. Always been. Always will be. To the day I die, you know, bury me between a pair of butt cheeks if I'm ever on my deathbed and I'm on life support and you're not sure, being like, oh, is you got to go? Just sit on my face. Just fucking let me see an ass as, like, the last thing I see in this mortal life. That would be, the like, that's the way to go. And then you could just put it on my grave. You could just say, Armando Cabot, he came as he went. And it's all good. 
it's all fucking good from there for me. I'm good. I'm settled. I'm re- I, like that. That's done. Now, as someone who is, you know, 32, I would say I'm more interested in quality. I'm more interested in, you know, that we're really into each other. And that could be something that happens, you know. It, it has happened on, like, you know, a first date. I do enjoy that moment of, like, just sincerely desiring each other and I think you know maybe this is more of a commentary on dating culture but even if it's a one night thing a one week thing a one month one year that idea of like you can be honest being like hey I fucking want you like I want you and you also feel that physically like I pay attention to like hands like I you know okay okay like I like hands to paint but I do like seeing where hands go. Even when I watch porn now, I love seeing where the hands go, how they grip, how they squeeze certain parts. That like pull, you know, you see that like light tension in the arm pulling someone closer. That is hot as hell for me. It doesn't matter to me that I might sound very basic to some people who are into more, I guess, elevated things. I'm not going to go and say that it's very extreme because what's extreme to one person could be normal to another i i have done you know rough play and all that which was you know jarring at first i remember you know coming out of my first relationship and being with partners who are more on to the rougher side i i didn't know i just didn't know i think i was also very nervous to ask because once again ego and pride got in my fucking way you know no one's ever choked on their fucking pride before And I didn't want to say that I didn't know or that, like, I wasn't sure of myself. And this, you know, kind of circles back to, like, me and trying to understand my own comfort zones and actually using my voice to talk as opposed to, you know, hey, it's okay. I don't know what's going on, but next time we see each other, I'll have, you know, several spritzes and I should be leveled, which is not the right thing to do. You know, if we go out to drink, that's another thing. But I, you know, I made that fucking error. I made that mistake because I wasn't sure of myself. My insecurity got the fucking best of me. And I feel it took away from these very special, intimate moments I had with other people. That's that's on me. But coming back to the rough play, like even doing the switch of power of like roles and stuff like that, that to me was, I think, very jarring at first. But then I really enjoyed it. And I understood that, you know, to do something like this, just meant how much trust you had in the other person. That, to me, was the true beauty of it all. I mean, granted that, like, I remember the first time someone asked me to hit her, uh, I didn't know how to react. I I was sitting there, and I kind of was, like, blanking. Because, for me, I thought, like, I was, like, living in the fucking, that one scene in Fight Club, you know, just, like, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. And I was just like, what? What do you talk about? What? 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 Or, like... Choke me, and like I remember just like laying my hand there, being like, choking you, baby. It's like you're not using your fingers or like your strength or anything, you're just like gently laying. I'm just like, yeah, see, mm. can't breathe, can you? Like, and then, yeah, I learned. I learned as time went on. I learned thanks to talking, you know, the fucking theme, communicating with your partner about these things, and communication is. A necessity. It's necessary. It's for me. It's become you know, almost non-negotiable. Like I like for me to be intimate with someone, I need to talk with them. I want them to talk with me. I want to know you know kind of what we're into and this and that that we both feel good 
moving forward if it should move forward and it doesn't always have to move forward it could end it could just be like well you know you're into this thing i'm into that thing maybe we're on two different wavelengths right now and that's okay you know that's not any of our faults like that's you know just unfortunately how it is for timing and that's cool but let's be friends though it's again golden retriever mentality that's me i'm just happy to fucking be there that's kind of my, like, Wikipedia version of navigating through kinks and fetishes and, you know, communicating all that. And, I, and I'm fully aware, you know, now, after I'm learning so much, that this came in from the way that I was conditioned growing up, you know? Like, the way we watch movies, this whole idea of what masculinity should be. And not to mention, you know, fear of rejection. I think that was also a big part of what, uh, what was holding me back from communicating what I wanted. That really held me back because I was so scared to be seen below, like, for someone to be like, no, I don't want you when I'm telling you something that is, for me, I felt like was the most, like, precious, vulnerable part of me when it's completely fine to say, like, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm too into that. I appreciate you telling me. I prefer, you know, we do this instead if that's okay with you. And, you know, there's that reassurance, you know, that it, it's okay. Not everyone is going to be into fucking everything. And you also don't have to be into absolutely fucking everything that has to be. Like, you know, hey, if I fucking had a partner who said, listen, I want to lather you in maple syrup, put some junk bur cables on your nipples, and you wear these moose antlers, call that a Canadian generator, I think I'd respectfully tap out. I'd be like, listen, I appreciate the energy. I don't know where you got the maple syrup from, but I would love to have your contact information for that. That's great. Uh, I don't know anything about mechanics. Appreciate you brought a full fucking car battery here. The moose sandlers, I love to just wear them outside, you know, the sexual experience, if that's okay with you. I think that'd be a funny little selfie for me. But hey, I respect it. I'm sure there's people that have been into it. I might be able to wear the antlers while we have sex. I'll go that far. Uh, Using the maple syrup as lube sounds like a fucking yeast infection waiting to happen. Please don't do that. Please do not do that. As much as everyone be like, yeah, I'm Canadian. We use maple syrup as lube. Not true. Don't. It's a joke. Please do not do that. Electric play. I don't know. I, I got electrocuted by a lamp when I was a kid. I have a fucking issue with it. I, I can't scare the shit out of me. Maybe one day I'll overcome it, but that's that's my journey to be had. This is definitely a topic that's going to come up again, especially with other guests who are going to be coming in the future. There's going to be guests here. We're going to have friends. It's not just going to be me rambling, looking at a wall, thinking about the days of old of what I used to do with my penis. Um, there will be guests. There will be friends. I have friends. I'm, I assure you, I have friends here who are willing to talk to me about whatever they want to talk about. And that's going to be a real fun time. So I hope you guys stay tuned for that. And I'm really happy if, you know, you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to it while I edit it so that it's not too all over the place because I felt I was all over the place. Because this is really, you know, the first time I'm really, like, talking about it, I think, on an audio platform at my own will. Well, not will. I don't want to say, like, I was ever forced to talk about it, but... I think talking about it openly on my own terms, where I can just ramble without a without a cutting point, without an end point. And we're going to ramble about it some more in the future. So thank you for listening. Make sure you follow and give this podcast five stars wherever you're listening. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, Oil the Podcast. If you want to talk about, I don't know, like you have a question about kinks or something like that, uh, whoever you may be, write me an email, oileduppodcast at gmail.com. I'm sorry that I don't see those emails right away because I don't get notifications from it, but I will get back to you. 
So thank you again. I hope maybe you learned something or learned how not to be. And maybe, you know, on your journey to accepting your own pleasure, maybe this is giving you inspiration of a starting point on what you want to work on and what you want to improve just to live, be, you know, live a better life of pleasure and also just be a better version of you. Because trust me, once you once you go through all this and you start understanding communication and talking, it just makes everything better. Like the sex has been so good since, I can tell you right now. Compared from back then, yes, there were wonderful moments, but right now, like, oh man, it's just like nonstop banger after banger after banger and everyone's fucking happy. It's good. And I'm happy. I'm happy. They're happy. Like, come on. Like, you know, I want to like grab hands and like all start like, you know, chanting around in a circle, singing some sort of like Disney song about it. But hey, that's, that's, that's just how I feel. So anyways, thank you so much. Uh, take care of yourselves out there. I love you all until two weeks from now, because this is a bi-weekly podcast. So haha, you got to have to wait. Love you. Bye.